0: Hey there, everyone. This is Kurt, and I have for you a special bonus episode of Parents Just Don't Understand. This is some bonus material that we cut off of the end of our His Dark Materials episode, and you'll probably hear some some babies and cats in the background as, as I am uh, cutting this little intro on the quick. But Carlo and Ben suck around for a bit to go into the deep spoilers for the His Dark Materials Franchise. So, if you haven't already listened to the main *His Dark Materials* episode, you should definitely go check that out. And if you're concerned about spoilers, uh, maybe don't listen to this one. But um, if you're not, we get into some pretty interesting discussions about growing up around religion, uh, the the later events of the books um and all that great stuff. So thanks again for listening. Um there's some audio issues throughout since the internet was getting a little bit spotty. Uh but you should be able to get the basic gist of what's going on. So thanks again for listening and uh, enjoy the episode.
1: Oh yeah, robot voice. <laughs> That guy sounds like the, like, the, like, uh, the, like, uh, 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 Quake 3, A uh, yes, it voice. Sounds, yes, it sounds it way too similar to that for me to not, like, want to go, go. Double Yeah,
0: G-O. yeah. Headshot. So, yeah, I- let me, let me do a little, let me do a little thing r- real quick. Hello and welcome to a bonus cut of Parents Just Don't Understand, where we continue our discussion of His Dark Materials. And go into the deep spoilers, so this is the first and only warning that you're going to get. We are going to talk all about the full plot of the books, um, inevitably spoiling at, at, at some length uh, the, the full run of the series, and uh, probably the TV show too, unless it goes in a totally different direction.
1: Yeah, so uh, can we talk about how like in this series, it ends up with them like letting God like evaporate? Isn't that what happens? Because in the books, right, it is the Judeo-Christian-Islamic, it's like the Abrahamic God, right?
2: Is it? It's supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed and, to be, right? The, the so, so one of the things that, that I found, this is one of these little tiny breadcrumbs that's never really explored or really over-explained or anything of the sort in the book. Um, the last pope who left sort of the the church the magisterium as we know it uh, in place was Pope John Calvin which tells you a lot this is a Calvinist a Calvinist Pope so the I guess this is a world where the either is it the Reformation Uh, won right
1: yeah (laughs) like totally (laughs) won
2: they won big time <laughs> or they so, were wow. sort of like they melded, they melded uh both Christian traditions into one and then sort of just, that's it. And uh, they, I mean, I, mean th- they, that's actually, they take th- orders from the authority, which is what the name of the, uh all the angels and stuff like that. Are that's right.
0: So that's, that's interesting Um because, so I didn't know that. And, um, just to 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 kind of give anyone who happens to be listening who hasn't read the books and just doesn't care about spoilers, what what basically happens is it turns out that the the, the magisterium in a very like Final Fantasy esque way is built on a lie, um, and that God the the God that created the the universe has effectively departed um and and his regents have i believe basically taken over and built this kind of bureaucratic structure that lives parasitically off of the the souls of the the dead and that you know when you die instead of being able to return to the stuff of the universe um you basically get trapped in this just kind of bleak um half existence uh, a- afterlife where you're you're basically just kind of wandering around in this very gray unlife and the 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 final plot of the book is literally an assault on heaven to yes. to to knock the authority out of power d- depose these angels that have have built up this structure of belief that's enslaving humanity and free the souls of the dead so that they can return to to non existence or or to, to unexistence and be reconstituted as star stuff and and the the universe. Um but it's interesting that you you, you explain it that way, Carla, because my interpretation was was that like God created the universe and then and then just departed in a very like Gnostic sense. And then you basically had like metatron or like the the demi-urge, um like took power and now was the thing that we were calling god was not anything really spiritual but just like a a god worker was was the one who was who was in charge who was like the uh the assistant to the regional manager <laughs> yeah,
1: right right, right yeah. so so yeah so even god has a boss
2: or not i mean i think that this not, is not i guess um, right yeah I mean uh, to be honest with you like uh th- this is very uh, again only 90s kids would understand this was like a very prominent theme And, like the the yes. the idea of god just vacating heaven was all over the place man i like maybe i'm self selecting but i definitely remember like uh preacher is predicated i might be spoiling preacher for people uh preachers predicated on that um the uh this uh, very strange uh, rpg i think it was like out of sweden or something like that called cult with a k um mm-hmm. the entire premise is that th- basically his um the demiurge has vacated like his entire citadel is just gone no one knows where he's gone not even his own archons or the the what would be called like the archangels or whatever, um, know anything about them? And uh, obviously this is like sort of Dogma like... Dogma uh, is
0: also like this. Which one? The Kevin Smith movie.
2: Dogma, Dogma, yes. Is,
0: is although, effectively a, a very similar setup. Although although God God kind of gets, gets unwittingly trapped away, but it is still that, that empty throne concept that, it, that it's, it's dealing with. Well, and there's
1: even... Um, like, well, it's it's a slightly different theme, but it's still sort of similar in that it's sort of dealing with God and sort of like a fallible God, or like some some of these like initial creation myths too. Because there was that uh, uh, PlayStation game, *Xeno Gears*. I don't know if you guys ever played oh, that yes. one. Oh, there's <laughs> yes. a lot of that in there, and then also I've never actually seen it, but just because like everyone was talking about it, and I don't care about spoilers, I looked up the. The whole the ending of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and that is oh. also very similar. It has a lot of similar sort of creation myths. So there was something going on in the '90s that really got a lot of people thinking about like Genesis and um, sort of what is God's relation to us.
2: I think I think it might have had to do part of the zeitgeist. Might have been just that end of history feeling. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we
0: we we talked before about the fact that you know both both Ben and I were you know non you know non believers of a different of of different different some variety or another who who went to you know parochial schools and um there was a very real sense for me growing up and I think this is something that is just not really the way that it is anymore of religious authority was a literal authority in my life, like the people who were disciplining me were religious figures in some way. It was much more explicit at Catholic school for me than it was at the the Episcopal school. But uh, really like like very much the sense of, religion was this oppressive cultural institution that was constantly picking on me as, you know, someone who wanted to listen to heavy metal and play Dungeons and Dragons, play video games, and i it seemed like there were constantly these religious authority figures in the news and in culture that were shaking their finger at me and saying that you know i was I was damned one way or another whether whether I recognized their system or not and It feels like something that was at the time so resonant and it's probably hard to convey now when like you know in in two thousand and seven even um when the Golden Compass was coming out as a film the catholic League this this kind of um, b- broadly church affiliated group that criticizes um what they see as negative depictions of Christianity or especially Catholicism, was like making a big deal about how the golden compass was this this ungodly thing and if that happened now, people just wouldn't care like i I haven't seen anything about his dark materials I'm sure it's out there. But at the time, it got coverage. Like it was still a big deal. Now nobody cares. The you know maybe the authority has in fact been been toppled. Maybe Lyra and Lord Asriel and and cultures.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, that phase of the culture war. Uh, I guess we won it. I don't know. Maybe.
2: I, I, I'm not so sure. I yeah, I wouldn't call victory just yet. <laughs> I think it's yeah. just a fact. About- <laughs> I just think it's the fact that currently there are so many channels um, of different things happening that like the Catholic league is a handful of dorks, you know, like Jesus nerds who there's only only so many of them and they, they can only plug so many holes. So, um, you know, I think that they, they, they have to then choose wisely and you know they they choose dumb dumb stuff to to really you know focus on um i i think that is uh also the the uh, supposed controversy regarding um the the movie was based off of if i'm remembering correctly there was an interview given uh where phil pullman sort of I think as a joke, but also maybe not so much a joke, uh, said that, yes, he would love to kill God. And he hoped <laughs> he would do it. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that that rubbed people the wrong way. And we also have to remember that uh, about the same time, like 95 onward uh, into the new millennium, this was the time of the new atheists. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah. of mill. I I counted myself amongst them, and then I realized, you know, I can't be this angry all the time. I really, can't. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I and mean, well, and, and, not, and their like analysis of religion is like inherently flawed because they only talk well, about sure. the the like dogma. They don't talk about how the institution. You know, it's, it's very silly.
0: Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I would also a, it's not a good identity to have. You you can't exactly. be, you can't have have an identity that is purely a reactionary negation of of something else. You have to have something that you are and not just something that you aren't.
2: Right. Well and I also think that it's rather telling that people like Harris and Hitchens and Dawkins and I'm I'm there's probably a dozen more that I'm not talking about. But those those guys prom those were the most prominent voices, and they have turned out to be gigantic shitheads who are just just <laughs> right. like, oh my god, Islamophobes and, and just just awful, awful people that no one should ever listen to. Yeah, you know, they, they get maybe 10% of things right. And but in, again- that, in that sense, they're like religion. <laughs> Exactly. But, Perfect. But,
0: but again, like, as a kid in, you know, the 90s, like, I didn't read this until, I guess, 2006 or so. But even then, it was still fresh in my mind. And, you know, we were we were in the we were still in a George Bush presidency, there was this sense of Christianity, um, whether it was, you know, uh, Catholic or, or evangelical Christianity was still ascending culture. And it was something that I think, if you were a you know rebellious kid, you would in some way chafe under the, the the yoke of. And it was so refreshing to have this this you know young adult. Although I was I was I guess I was still a young adult, but I was not a they they the young adult target audience necessarily. Reading it, that was like, man, I wish I had read this when I was like fifteen or sixteen. It would have blown my mind. It probably made me into the most irritating uh, person in in high school. But that was me. Yeah, there's something so refreshing about. Um, I think Carlo at the end of the episode you mentioned. There's adults; they're authority figures. They might mean well, but they're gonna fail. Uh, you know, they're they're human, and I, that that to me is like the big takeaway from the whole story is not even necessarily just about religion. It's like, yeah, there's these people, they're an authority, they mean well, but they're fallible. And like, you don't necessarily, you don't have to listen to them. Like you can, you can say n- no, I say no. Um, and, you know, I, I want to mention also the the character of, um, oh gosh, I for, I've, I've totally forgotten his name. Is it George or Josh? I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a soft G um word uh who who has the knife who's like a oh. very um, dark character introduced out of nowhere will that's it yeah in, will in, in the beginning of of the, the second, second book. book yeah and he's a new pov character and seems kind of like off kilter and dangerous dangerous almost like a uh, almost like a holden caulfield type yeah um, which
1: I also was reading when I read that book. So you it's know It's such perfect.
0: a good and confident direction to take a young adult series in, to be like, oh, that character that you've grown to love, we're we're not even gonna give you like just her. You, you thought this was gonna be a sequel about Lyra? Actually, here's this totally other person from a totally other dimension, and there's there's like a s this like weird ephemeral city of ghosts. It's just it's such confidence in kids to be like come with me on this weird journey we're we're gonna see some shit basically. yeah yeah definitely yeah
2: also a confident writer like he has a story to tell and right now it's not with Lyra Mm -hmm. he wants to show you widen the world even more than what it is and I mean to be honest with you he ended the last book with Azrael uh, stepping through the, the 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 portal or what have you, and Lyra following behind him. So obviously, if you read that and you read this one back to back, you're like, well, maybe they're going to f- meet up with this guy. And then the city of phantoms is like horrifying. <laughs> Holy yes. shit. Yeah. It's like,
0: it's wow, very like, it- silent hill. It, it's so I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it reminds me in a weird way of like, Goya or li- li- like a Guernica thing is something so like inhuman and off-putting about the whole concept
2: yeah I, I would I would say like late goya when uh from what I hear his brain was rotting from lead poisoning uh yeah that that like Saturn eating his uh child or whatever style disturbing
0: but yeah it's just confident is the word I keep coming back to and I haven't read anything else that that Pullman has has done, but it's it it blows my mind the number of like hoops that he is able to jump through throughout the series between like the just delivering gut punch after gut punch in a way that never feels down. Like you know the, we we didn't talk about it all because it's like the biggest spoiler of the whole the whole series is like they kill Roger to open a dimension, like a dimensional gate at the end of the first book. Like, like Lord Asriel, who you're like, oh, he's, he like, he's not doing his best, but like, he means well. It's like, no, I need to do this thing to like prove, you know, my, my, my great to begin my grand voyage through, you know, dimensions. And I'm sorry, I have to kill your best friend. Uh, And he just does it. it.
2: It's even worse. Because Myra unwittingly, she manages to save Roger. She gets him out of, uh, was it? Uh, It's not Svalbard. It's another station. Yeah, the station. She manages to spring them from the trap. She manages to get him across the ice to where she thinks Lord Asriel is going to offer them a way to get back or, or at least help. And he's like, oh thank you. This is exactly what I needed. And he manages to do exactly what they were going to do to Roger in a different way at the station. And that Mm is so awful.
0: And it's, it's heartbreaking because it hasn't even been that long since you've that, that to me is the big thing about like the father reveal is like, you're like, Oh, Lord Azrael is her dad. And, Maybe they'll reconcile, and like he's gonna do better, and then it just gets way worse, and it's such an escalation, and it's it's, um, you know, John. This is a this is a weird aside, but John Hodgman has this. the The first time that he heard um, Lin Manuel Miranda do like that 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 big that one big Hamilton song, it was performed at like. I forget if it was like the inauguration ball or what it was where um, you you start off thinking that like it's kind of a joke. And then by the end, um, you're like, oh, wow, like this is an actual thing. Now, I I know that, you know, people people have a lot of, you know, criticisms of 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 Hamilton. But but the the, the idea of taking something that sounds like a joke, like a like rap opera about Alexander Hamilton and then being like, no, 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 I'm totally serious about this you go through a similar experience, I think as a reader of this book where you're like, okay, this is this young adult series. It's wrapping up, you know, they're going to have to come up with a new concept. And then they're like, no, no, no. The, the child dies. Her dad is evil. There are other dimensions. We're going to them. And you're like, what? Like what? Oh my God. And it just sinks in. It hits you that like the series is going somewhere that you, you could not possibly have predicted that it was going to go there. And I think, especially as like, you know, I, I was reading it knowing that it was young adult, quote unquote. Um, so I, I was I was so caught off guard by it in a way that I'm not actually sure that a kid would be because I I think a kid doesn't have quite the same level of like preconceptions about like what young adult can can be. So that that that's an interesting angle of like, Oh, you thought this this was a kid's book.
1: Yeah, no, totally. It's um yeah, kids haven't spent as much time on tvtropes.com as I have so <laughs> Maybe they have, I don't know. Kids are the kids. Kids do a lot nowadays. They're digital natives.
2: Or so we're told, yes. Um but but yeah, I I honestly think that you're absolutely right. I think that uh, perhaps a younger reader because they don't have the metatextual language wouldn't be expecting that type of a turn. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you, you look at the end of the book, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, like a pinch between your fingers and you're like, oh, this is going to end soon. I, I, I'm sure that the, you know, Lyra will be reunited and you know, something will happen to, to get to the next book if there's a next book. And that is, I mean, yes, she's reunited and that is not how it ends.
0: It's so interesting that you mentioned a pinch with your fingers because it's such a the awareness that you are at the end of a book is a very tactile and physical thing that um you know i, I think it takes someone who is uh very intentional about their writing to to be aware of because you're right it is it is not just at the end of the book it is at the absolute end of the book like last four pages and there is a sense I think, especially as a kid, when you're starting to develop that metatextual language, great, great term, of like, oh, like, this is winding down. I'm reaching the end. I've got a couple more pages. They're gonna do like a denouement, and then they're gonna wrap some stuff up. And there's gonna be like a like like a scene at the very end that's like, oh, but what about this other thing? And it totally flies in the face of that, crams all this story into the end. And it's so interesting the use of like the physical experience of finishing a book uh and and using that to effectively like like trick you like the fact that the the twist comes at the absolute last second when you're you're confident it's not going to happen that i think like a movie or maybe even an ebook can't get away with because you don't have that sense that physical sense of being like oh i'm at the end <laughs> right yeah totally
2: well i was going um, to the- I-, I was going to mention Just quickly, um, I just realized that he pulls the same thing mirrored in the second book. He pulls that shit off.
0: I don't remember how the second book ends. Could could you refresh me real real, real quick?
2: Will is reunited with his... Well, he is reunited with... uh, I forget the name of the guy. Um... And Will has been wounded by the subtle knife, mm-hmm. which will make him bleed forever if he's, it's not treated. And the guy he's with has like this special moss that is able to really stanch the wound and actually heal it and blah, blah, blah. And I forget, I forget exactly what happens, but I think Will stabs the guy coming to help him with the subtle knife And in sort of like the same breath, he realizes that that was actually his father. Oh. And it ends on this high melodramatic moment that, I mean, it would be like, it would be crass melodrama if you're not completely immersed in like this crazy sort of high operatic sort of turn of events where you're like, what I it's remember, so good, yes, I remember I was like just devastated. I was like, holy shit he 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 knew he was his father, and he killed him yeah,
0: it's such a it's such a wild book series to read, and just it's one of those things where like you want to just tell people and, and tell them to read it, and you have to withhold things where you're like don't read anything about it, just go and read, just just go and read it. And eventually, trust me, just trust me on this. And I, I'm, I'm always very hesitant to make those recommendations. But with a kid, I feel like you can do that. Just be like, just go read this. And they'll, they'll probably, you know, if, maybe they'll ignore you and just like, like, you know, blow it off. But I, I feel like a, a kid is the ideal person to, to really experience that because um, they're, they're gonna, Commit to it, and they're going to be just hit by this stuff, like uh, emotionally, in a very complex way. And there's so many, there's so many like weird, like. Uh, but by the by the by the second book, I I don't even know what you what genre you would call this. And I think it's a way that it, it's in a way that is disorienting for an adult, but for a kid who's more used to just not un- necessarily understanding the world at first glance and having to kind of struggle to understand, would be able to. It's it's an interesting thing to think about, like a kid would almost be able to better an adult because, because as you say, like an adult is expecting certain things and a kid is just like, well, let's see where this book is going. Like, this is just, this is, you know, this is the first book I've, I've read like this. And so you don't have those, those preconceived notions. Whereas an adult is, you know, oh. when it's adapted into adult media, they, they feel that, that need to front load it and be like, well, hold on, wait, look, look, there's, there's multiple dimensions. Don't, don't turn the channel just yeah. yet.
2: I, I would say that much like Damon's, adults have settled and they have you have to give them expectations and sort of delineate rules firsthand. Whereas children they're still learning about the world and therefore the world is very sort of malleable. It can change shape and therefore, you know, they have time to learn and read a book that they're not sure they're they're gonna like. Mm-hmm.
0: Honestly, even, even the, the, the revelation that there were books that I liked and books that I didn't like was something that I had to learn as a kid. <laughs> and I remember the first book I, re- I realized I didn't like was Ivanhoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is the only thing I think doesn't come out of the entire series with, with, is, again, just realize with the utmost confidence and like craft the thing that doesn't work for me is those weird like it, the, the the alien race that has like the wheels it's the whole uh, yeah thing that doesn't was, work for me it That's is such a weird,
2: strange though. yeah it, it is it is a very strange uh deviation and i i I honestly now that I know what to expect, I wonder if I'll give it an uh, i'm I'm actually thinking about giving the entire series a reread and see how it hits me now um I I definitely remember my first read-through. It felt like the story lost momentum. Yeah. And but but sort of my logical brain is saying, yes, but they're sort of on the lam or they're in hiding, and that makes perfect sense. There is going to be this lull. I think the the problem is it's a lull that happens right at the beginning of the third book when you get off the second book and it's like just – just going full steam like just completely bonkers and you just hit this patch where it's like nothing's sort of
1: happening right yeah for sure yeah i i i i'm not actually sure if i ever actually read the third book because it wasn't out when i read you should um, you should it's
0: it's good the assault on heaven stuff is like everything that it you, sounds
1: it sounds great i mean i melancholy. love i love the idea of um killing god it's just it just to me it just it feels like like a primordial you know like like before we had civilization we had this mm-hmm. like, you know like
0: it's it's just it's just perfect so 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 it 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 literally is um the the concept that Kerry King had in mind behind the song, uh, behind the Slayer song, R- Raining Blood, which is okay. literally about like a war going on in heaven. And so, and so blood is like raining down from the skies onto, onto human. Um, and like Lord Asriel and, and, I believe also Miss Coulter, like assembled this army of like weird helicopter things and, um, some some of the the angels rebel against the authority and then they mount this this assault and they don't it's interesting because they don't actually kill god um because god has left what what they do is de- they they kind of incidentally depose the 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 god regent um the the metatron type person who has assumed the the throne of god and it turns out to just be like a like like a wrinkled, desiccated old you know body inside of this like preservation pod, and it crashes. And I remember that like I think Lyra and Will open it, and he just kind of like dies before their eyes and turns into dust. And it's just like, well, that's it, you know, the end. They're they're all gone. I I could have sworn that um that Miss Coulter and Lord Azrael sacrifice themselves in in some way am i am i misremembering that carl
2: i don't remember i i definitely see that's the thing the, there's some definitely some scenes that really stand out and like when they open i thought it was like a glass like a glass coffin type of thing
0: yeah um, that, that 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 sounds correct yeah it's it's like a it's like a pod of some kind yeah
2: and so, yeah, and he just sort of, like, dissolves just, like, when he goes off into the wind. And that sticks in my mind, but I don't have a lot of memory about, like, how they got there. I know that they did something. And that's the thing. Like, um, I, if I remember correctly, I did, like, a whole bunch of, like, I become obsessed after <laughs> I read the, the first two books. And I, I remember distinctly that uh, Pullman described that he would write he had definite scenes that he would um he would want and he'd write them up in post notes and then he'd put them up on a board and then he'd like shuffle them around to see how they would fit together like if he like a
0: cut up method that's so interesting
2: like a burrows type uh but but that makes perfect sense when you think about like well this scene really just stands out to me versus, wait, hold on, how did, like, I mean, granted, it's been quite a while since I've read these, but, like, there are definitely scenes where, like, I can describe to you and, like, actually still, I'm still living the emotion as I'm describing it uh, that that I felt when I was reading it, but, you know, there's other scenes where you're like, wait, how did that happen again?
0: <laughs> yeah well uh I think I think that's a that, that's a good point to end on because um as you say, like yeah, I have this intense emotional memory of so many scenes from this book, but i I can't always like remember how they got there. I remember there's a part where Lyra is trapped on top of a mountain or on top of like a rocky crag, and then the the balloonists who was perfectly played by Sam Elliott in the two thousand and seven movie and is now apparently played by. Uh, do, do, you, do you like how I did that? I brought it back around, Manuel, Mar- um, who hopefully will not do, do any rapping um, in in this. One one hopes. Um, oh, I, he, not. he rescues her from the top of a of a mountain, or maybe oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> which is like the the most sort of like see to your pants type of thing, where you're like, that's convenient, but okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm really curious. So the, the, the TV series is already booked for a second season. And I, I honestly, at this point, like I'm really interested to see where they go with it. And I hope that they still follow the basic outline. Like I, I hope they still introduce Will. I hope that they still kill Roger at the end of season one. Um, because I, I feel like this is a series that, I, maybe it's bigger in the UK. Um, I feel like it's never really gotten its due in the the u.s it's never quite had that it's never had its moment
1: um no many attempts many attempts
0: yeah several attempts and it's never quite had its moment it really deserves it um you know you were asking about about harry uh i i like harry potter just fine i have a lot of issues with uh jk rowling and her personal politics but in terms of the the, the fiction i like it just fine um, I, I think it's a it's it's as the Simpsons would say a perfectly cromulent, uh, you know, YA series. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it has its that's, limitations. That's about right. It's you know it's it's well written for what it is and it's good and I think it has you know a propulsive aspect to it. This series really deserves it and I. So that's my closing yeah. thought. Sure. And I, I hope I get to see God die. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. I, I just had a. Just had a realization. Holy shit! I, I can't believe I made i I hadn't made that connection before. The subtle knife. It, I mean, it's a great artifact for the for the lore. But really, it's it's that's why he started the second book where he started it. The subtle knife is the way to move Lyra and Will through worlds without having to kill someone every time.
0: Yes. Yep.
2: I Although just, they still know,
0: often do anyway.
2: It's <laughs> just like, I I feel there like, a like oh, I just realized this 30 years. That's
0: you know. a good point to end on. And uh, Carlo and Ben for sticking around and uh, talking about, about all the spoilers. Um, you know, maybe when the series has, uh, has, has wrapped up, we can, we can revisit it. If indeed it does turn into something that, you know, kids could actually watch. I have a strong suspicion it's going to lean into the more adult aspects, and I really hope that it pulls it off because, you know, there's not as much material there. So hopefully they do well by it because, again, it deserves it. So,
2: I'd be I'd be I'd be stoked to do that again. Yeah, totally.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, gentlemen, and uh, thanks again
2: for listening to our special materials. Yeah, and uh, talk to you again later. Cheers. All right. Easy.